What up, though? This is your boy Chill B, and this is the Chill Bravado Podcast. And I have a series called Laker 8216, where we cover the grind of an 82 game season with the wins of 16 to get the championship at the end. But right now, we're just trying to get one. And yes, we finally got one. The last team in the NBA to get a win, but A, it felt so sweet. And Russ coming off the bench might have been something that actually sparked the energy. And here goes Darvin Ham talking about it right after the post game of this first win for the Lakers. Furthermore, what was it like to see him just after a week ago, what happened here, just feel the love from the crowd in his hometown? I told him he's going to thrive, man. Just trust me. Trust me. I always told him, your sacrifice, man. A player of your magnitude, for you to do this, it's going to send waves. It's going to help our team. And I said, you can't look at it like everybody gets so caught up in the starting. If I remember correctly, he finished the game, right? And so it's like, dude, I'm putting you in a position where you're going to come off and you're just going to lead a charge, a whole new wave. And it helped tonight. Like, he's helping us in so many areas coming off the bench, like scoring, rebounding, assists. He's giving those other guys, Austin and those other guys, confidence, Matt confidence, like winging. So it's, 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 it's tailor-made, in my opinion, for our group as it's built for him to be in that role and then, you know, gain his rhythm. And then now when Brian ADR, you know, our starters come back on the floor, you know, he's in a good mood. He's in a good mix um, because he's playing and competing at a very high level. And our guys see that once they sit down and say, okay, he's taking it up a notch, so I can't come back in and be the one to ruin it. All right, we are back. And that was Ham giving a, a great speech about Russ coming off the bench. And I must admit, I was wrong. Okay? I was wrong. I was wrong. I was saying that Russ would never come off the bench. I was saying that he just has too much of the superstar mentality still in him, although he's no longer a superstar in my eyes. He's still a star. He's still a face of this league. But he was just not going to be able to turn that off. And I'm sitting here thinking about Frank Vogel was trying to get that, I think, last year, but he just didn't have, you know, the backing of the organization. And I don't think he had to, you know, he just didn't want to take that risk and lose the locker room, I guess. I don't know. I'm just talking. But Darvin Ham said, bro, if you trust me, I'll get you then. I think the respect he had for Ham really led to this so it's amazing that it it happened the way it did it 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 got us to our first win he came off the bench he played with a lot of energy and that high energy led to our role players having a lot of fun playing loose and it was just great seeing him chest bumping with Lonnie Walk and Austin Reeves and Matt Ryan and you see Winnie Gable all these young guys that he was you know kind of rallying around his play and it was just great to see and I never seen it coming I never knew that, that would happen but let's keep in context this is only one win this is one game that was very successful ad played in this is a help and you can see them staggering wrestling lebron's minutes a little bit until you get down to the point where like ham said in this interview that he had brought he had taken it to such a high level he was in the rhythm so when he was out there with the other guys it didn't matter he but we also got to look at denver they don't have you know you know super 
active elite level defenders on the wing, but it's that's great because if he comes in against the second unit, who they got that's going to be able to check him on that second unit? Jamal Murray tried, you know, and I feel like if they had Bones um, Highland, that that would have probably been another person to match Russ's energy for Denver, but he's not there. It's not our concern. So I was just impressed with seeing that Russ bought in so much for this one game. Let's remember, it's one game. And I'm just happy and hopefully moving forward, he'll be able to, you know, just focus on that energy that he was bringing. And we can see, like, when the teams change up against more elite-level defending teams, like, how does Hammer adjust Russ's, um, you know, play? All right, are we going to, you know, make sure we do this? Or, or is it just going to be sure the energy play? Keep the defense, you know, at a high level and then allow Russ to just, you know, energize the guys and we play that way, play fast, play loose until we get our guys back in there. You know, AD will come in. In certain cases, we run offense through that. You know, so it's just going to be, you know, very – very much, you know, ideal, you know, moving forward. Like, let's watch this. Okay, let's have fun with it, though. I had a lot of fun watching that game. And speaking of fun, you know, I'll tell you what's not so fun. Not so fun is AD's back. AD's back scares me. It intimidates, you know, me moving forward because I can't fully talk about this team because every time he jumps, rebounds, everything, he comes down and he grabs his back. You know, and we and we have people who sit on the couch at home, the couch potato athletes, you know, the ones who never made it or the ones who made it to a certain level but never made it to the level AD's made it or they never had the pressure that AD plays under. He's out there dragging his body trying to play the best of his ability. I also cannot ignore the fact that he's definitely um, a risk to get injured. His body just banged up. He doesn't, you know, he just he's just not allowed to play free and healthy. And we got to give him credit for playing through it. But it concerns me because every time he comes down and falls, I start to think about, man, we might need to consider this trade for a big, like whatever trade that is made, if one's made, we might need to consider trading for a big because we don't have, you know, Damon Jones is not what we thought it's going to be. William Gabriel can only do so much. Playing, playing LeBron at the five, I just don't like seeing it a lot. Um, Thomas Bryant's hurt. You know, so we have a lot to mix up with this. And then still talking about the rest coming off the bench thing. What happens when, you know, we get Dennis Schroeder back? Why Kendrick Nunn can't play in that lineup with them? Kendrick Nunn struggling. Dennis comes back. That's another guard to add to the mix. Um, JTA comes back. That's a good thing because he can play next to um, Russ. But we have these things swirling around like, okay, guard heavy league. Pat Bev has been playing that well. How do we get him going? We need him to he continue to be the Jerry Dudley type player on the sideline, coaching him up. But at the same time, we just need to, what are we going to do about AD's back? And we, what are we going to do about Russ coming off the bench, fitting in with these other guys? What are we going to do about, you know, trading to get a big? Now you got people not wanting to trade Russ. You know, oh, we want to keep Russ. Can we trade him, you know, trade for a Miles Turner without giving up Russ? You know, it's all these things coming up. We're going to talk about Miles Turner a little later. But we, we just got to understand the situation that we're in. Okay? We have to understand that. And we got this one win. And I want to shout out to a friend of mine, homie of mine, saying, what about, you know, this one win? You guys are cheering about one win. Kobe would never. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. We know we had some rough years with Kobe, and Kobe was built in, in a different type of way. But if he was playing for Darvinham, who was our first-time coach, and he got his first win, don't you think he would 
be ready to congratulate that man and celebrate with him that the respect that ham has he's worked with kobe in the past he's worked with a lot of these people he played against lebron he played against these guys you know and come on man let's not bring kobe in this right now let's celebrate this now but he's a former laker fan who doesn't like lebron who was only here for this but i'm not i'm just gonna get off that maybe i might come back to it but we just have to understand man right now we're in a situation where this team it, it, it's not nothing's fixed but we just gotta win and when we come back i'm gonna talk about how lebron can he needs a little tackling fuel Where was the intensity that I saw yesterday? That wasn't no intensity. You said it was all right to fight back, and I, d I just started thinking about all the people who, who've been mean to me over the years. That's it. That's it. I want you to think about all those mean people. They're going to be your tackling fuel. Tackling fuel. We're going to use them to play football. Tackling fuel. I want you to pretend that Casey is insulting you. Pretend? I want you to visualize all those people that have been mean to you, and then I want you to attack. I want you to visualize and then attack. is what it is i'm just curious to see like hmm maybe just maybe lebron just needs a little tackling if you he needs a little tackling if you know he needs to think about all the critics and all the the naysayers everybody who's doubting him to keep him motivated and going and i think we, we, he's kind of pointed out to this on the shop on several episodes where he kind of talks about these situations so i just feel like that's what he needs to continue doing because LeBron, he's getting older. Okay. Now, just he can't save the team anymore, you know, from all the flaws. Like it was a younger LeBron in Miami and Cleveland. He was able to cover a multitude of sins when it comes to basketball, but that's a much younger LeBron. He, you know, and as he gets older and the team around him is not very well constructed, we have to look at this and say, okay. LeBron cannot save us yet. He still can be very impactful on this team. So these guys around him have to step up. Russ coming off the bench has to be effective. Um, AD has to stay on the court. Um, you know, Lonnie has to continue to take those shots, even though sometimes they're ill-advised, but we need that type of aggression um, and confidence, sometimes overconfident, shooting for Lonnie, attacking the basket the way he does. We don't have anybody like that anymore. He's Malik Monk at the cup right now just not as great a shooter as Malik Monk was and just off the dribble but man his ability to get downhill and finish in difficult angles and heights is that that's elite level right there so we need Lonnie to continue that we need Austin Reeves to continue to be a jack of all trades you know we need Troy Brown Jr. to continue to be that you know 
kind of switch Army Knife as well and give us a little ball handling and some defense um, length and, um, you know, our wings. We have JTA has to get back healthy. He gives us a defensive presence as well against some of the bigger wings. We need Pat Bev to come alive, not only as his off the court. You can see him on the sideline coaching up the young guys, you know, giving confidence, you know, being this guy who's willing to, to do the tough work the Jared Dudley like role but on the court we also need him to he played a little bit better but it's just not yet there but it's okay we inching these guys in a guy like him who's in his 30s he's not gonna play great every night he's not gonna be you know you know, he, you know, 30 minute guy who's going to give you great numbers. We just need him to have little spurts and pockets in the game where he can be very effective. So we need these guys to help LeBron continue to be motivated because when he needs to turn on and get the tackling fuel, we need him to us to be in the game with a fighter's chance. Because when we got to the point down of the game where it felt like Denver was trying to make that push, LeBron was getting the ball. He was making plays. He wasn't turning it over. He was scoring, shooting the difficult shots. And that's all we need right now. We need him to, to, to take us to that point when the game gets on the line because we know he's not afraid to make the right play in those moments. So, yeah, refuel that tank, bro. Refuel it. And Miles Turner is another one that we're going to talk about. He said, let's take a look at the trade. So what are we going to do? We're going to take a look at the trade. Be right back. You've been hearing it for months. So I'll ask you, if you're the Lakers, would you do the two picks? Would you do the two picks? <laughs> oh, that's, that's such an intriguing question <laughs> at that. Um, I think personally, you know, when you look at this business of the league and, you know, knowing the landscape of the league, you know, you have to go off your future, right? And think, we, we all know picks are so valuable in this league. And someone like myself, I'm heading into the last year of my, you know, my deal. And you want to make sure, you know, you're getting a return, you know, for your assets, right? So... You know, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in. I know what I can provide for a team, you know, my, my leadership, my shot blocking, you know, my three-point ability, and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor. And I take a very long look at it. But as far as pulling the trigger, you know, that's uh, – I get paid to shoot. Now, you know, I'm not made to make these calls, so I, I couldn't answer that. Smart man, the way he phrased it. I was like, you're tiptoeing the lines of tampering maybe. But Miles Turner had a lot to say when asked a question, when he was asked a question from Woj and it sounds like a man who is very much ready to leave Indiana and he has interest in joining the Lakers and as we look at AD's back as we look at the way this this lineup is constructed him and Buddy Hill makes a lot of sense for a lot of people they're the bigger names and I'm not mad at the trade I mean you know Everybody's saying F them picks and trade them and all this stuff. But then now when LeBron leaves and AD's hurt or AD's um, gets traded and, you know, we have nothing here. And then you're saying LeBron ruined our future because those picks are gone. You know, it's coming. Well, I don't really worry about that far down the road. It's just too far for me to care at this time. I just enjoy kind of the basketball in hand. Like, this isn't 2K. You know, we're not going to be able to simulate the season to get to that, you know, that draft pick. So, I just feel realistically right now, if they were to make this trade, I wouldn't be mad at it. I don't know how far it takes us, but I know it gives us a big opportunity to make a jump, you know. And then Miles Turner hopefully can stay healthy. healthy. Um, Buddy Hill provides us with a shooter. I mean, one shooter is not going to, you know, make or break us to, to the elite level of the West, but it ain't going to hurt. Like, And if Miles Turner shoots at a, at a good clip, 
that's going to pretty much help us too. You know, you got people out here saying, well, can we trade for Miles Turner without giving up Russ? And like all of a sudden, Russ has really got one people want to keep. I just keep hearing that. And it's amazing what one man can do for a fan base. So weird. Social media days. But, you know, getting these two guys and giving up Russ in the picks, I think people are happy that. But what about the Spurs trade? It's really interesting. Jakob Pertle, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott. You could get these three players for us with the Spurs. Now, Pop, I'm just not I'm not convinced he would do anything with the Lakers, but this is just let's let's hear it. Let's hear it out. People are putting it out there. That one interests me a little bit more than the Pacers one. You know, I, I know the Pacers has the bigger name. Buddy Hill, we hear about it. Miles Turner, we hear about it. But Jacoperto's a legit good big man. No, not he he's he's a blue collar worker type of guy. And and that was sure up a lot of the AD banging at the five stuff for sure. Oh, I would love to see that. This this guy would definitely give us some size that we need that is confident. Like we're not confident, Damon Jones. We're not want to we don't want to lean on small ball winning Gabriel. We don't know what Thomas Bryant brings, but man, to have a big like um Jacoperto who's definitely consistent. Um, and what he does, he's going to rebound. He's going to rim protect. He's going to play hard. He's going to, you know, those things that we, those things we need. And I think that will help out a lot of people, you know, and then just Josh Richardson, young, you know, wing can, can shoot it, can, can give you some, some defense there. Um, yeah, that gets you shoot. Then you add in Doug, who's not a great defender by any means, but he has size. He's a wing that can shoot. So there you go. You add to that. So which one would you take? Would you take Doug McDermott shooter? Josh Richardson, young, you know, shooting 3D. And Jacoperto, um, you know, big man. Or do you want to go Miles Turner and Buddy Hill and go for the big names where you have a, a, a great shooter as well? Um, and you have a decent to good big man shooter who can rim protect for sure. Which way would you want to go? I mean, I don't know. It's interesting to me, though, because we were now we don't want to trade Russ. Or now we want to hurry up and trade Russ. Like this fan base all over the place. I can't keep up with it. Um, anxiety prevention um, <laughs> program is in APP is what I call it. Anxiety prevention program. I'm I'm here for it. Chill Provider podcast. Make your 8216. I'm just trying to get you guys. We got the Pelicans coming up. I want you guys to relax and let's see what happens. And Russ comes off the bench once again. AD is questionable. Um. Dennis Schroeder will be evaluated in a week, they say. So yeah, man, we just gotta we just gotta keep going, man. Kendrick Kendrick Nunn, I'm about to say Perkins. Kendrick Nunn, we just need you to show us, you know, you can work out somehow in this roster, but I just don't know defensively if you're gonna get yourself on the court. Cause Ham's all about that defense right now. Troy Brown Jr. is coming in and he's really making a name for himself. I just hope he'll be able to continue to play well. Austin Reeves continue to do what he do. And we'll just see what goes from there, man. These trades are very tempting. But, you know, we want Russ now. We want to keep him. You know, we're going, you know, 77 and 5 or something like that. Whatever. You know, do your thing. Yeah. Laker 82 16. I think they're going to be okay. But I do want to talk about Clay Thompson real quick. Uh, if you watched that game the other day, Clay Thompson and Devin Booker ended up getting into it. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I don't know what D-Book said to Clay, but I ain't seen Clay get that hot in a long time. He just went ballistic, uh, just started going off, uh, using inappropriate language. <laughs> he just started 
yelling. Then he started doing the four symbol, like, hey, I got four rings. You know, Clay gonna say it. Clay started selling book, hey, I got four of these. You know, and you gotta understand that when you got rings like that, people gonna come at you. The Golden State Warriors, people gonna come at them every single night. They're a dynasty, they're defending champs. Uh, so you gotta expect that. When people are gonna come at you when you got the rings like them and the pedigree that they have. This is my homeboy, JR, and the All Things Sports Podcast, where he covers a plethora of sports. And he was talking NBA, and he was talking about Clay Thompson. And when Booker got into, you know, you know, Golden State kind of was feeling themselves a little bit. They didn't want to play that hard this game. And the Suns came out and smacked them. And Clay got a little upset. But Booker, you know, he had respect for him. He said, I respect that, man. I look up to him. But, you know, sometimes you got to give him that work. And Clay was getting cooked. And my boy, JR was talking about Chuck, Charles Barkley, and what he had to say about Clay. He didn't take, you know, a liking to it. I'm at you every single night, and you got to be ready to bring it. Uh, but Clay hasn't been the same. Clay hasn't been the same Clay. And I'm going to read you guys something that Charles Barkley said that I disagree with. He said that, and I say, quote, there was a time when Klay Thompson was the best two-way guard in the NBA, which is probably true. And he's not the same guy. And that's because of injuries. Now, is he done? No. I don't think he's done. I think he's slowing down and it's catching up with him. That's why he's frustrated, end quote. Listen, I don't agree with that at all. I really. Come on, JR. You just said you agree with one thing, but then you turn around and don't agree at all. Let me tell you what you have. You're suffering from Chuck, okay? Chuck, Charles, people don't like Charles. When he talks, he talks like he's right. And I think you agree with some of the things Chuck was saying. Barkley just comes off in a way to just disgust people because I've fallen for it too. Some of the stuff he's saying makes sense. The injuries have slowed down Clay. And Clay is not the same defender that he once was. And I think you agree with that. But let's let's go on. Let's go on. Oh. Torn ACL, torn Achilles, out of the game for two years. That's what I think it is. I don't think Clay is slowing down. Is he the same guy? He is not the same guy defensively. Can't be the same guy defensively. When you tear your Achilles and ACL, that probably affects your lateral movement just some. So he's still working through, missing 900 and something days. Uh, a bunch of NBA basketball. You, guys, we got to understand something. These are the best players in the world, right? This is the best league in the world. Uh-oh. I'm going to stop right there because, JR, you're making excuses for Clay. I'm going to have to agree with Charles to a certain degree. And when I say certain, I mean all the way. Clay, it's over, man. You will no longer make it back to that elite two-way wing. It's just not going to happen. And it's not your fault. The injuries happen. And I think we understand that. JR understands that. He just doesn't want to hear one of his favorite teams and favorite players will never be the same. And it's okay because I'm telling you, Clay is not going to make it back to that type of player. It's just he's getting up there in age. I mean, he doesn't have to guard the best defender anymore, so you, you don't need him to be that anymore. Wiggins is there. Just sign the extension. You know that. Poole's going to provide extra shooting, so Clay's not going to have to score 
as much as he wants. So actually, it's actually okay if he slows down this season because you want those young boys to be able and those more inexperienced players to be able to come in and play with confidence during those playoff series when you make it down there. So all Chuck was saying was the injuries have taken a toll on Clay. He and he's getting older. And he also spoke on Draymond. You didn't you you didn't you didn't question the Draymond part when he said Draymond was slowing down. So I'm thinking you're agreeing with that too. But as far as Clay, hey man, it happens to the best of us, okay? The best thing that they can do right now is let the young boys carry him through the regular season, let Steph do his thing, get to the playoffs, and let's see if game six Clay can show up from time to time. And let's see if Draymond can just get into somebody's head and then hope that we have a pool party and keep it out the locker room. But that's all I got to say about that. Laker, 82-16, all things sport podcast. Check it out. JR, love y'all guys.